You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Good morning and welcome to Focus on the Liturgy here on WNDZ, 7.50 a.m. We are an element of programming of Catholic Chicago. I'm Todd Williamson from the Office for Divine Worship with the Archdiocese of Chicago. And I'm Timothy Johnston at St. Thomas the Apostle in Hyde Park. And I'm Danielle Noe from Liturgy Training Publications, also with the Archdiocese. Good morning. Good morning here on the day before Thanksgiving. You all set, both of you? All set. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> which, which me, uh, uh, again, we're talking about Thanksgiving. Danielle says she's ready. That means her Christmas trees are up. We are here ev- <laughs> every fourth Wednesday of the month. And our show focuses on uh, all the aspects of the corporate, communal, liturgical life of the church. We talk about the rites. What else, Danielle? The readings, the, um, the the symbols, the signs, liturgy, the hours, everything that makes up our prayer life, the prayer life of the church. And we have been, we, we'll probably have to break with this. We probably should break with this next month to talk about Advent. Because <laughs> it is coming up. It is coming up. However, however, we have been devoting since July of this year. We've been devoted, devoting uh, our shows to breaking open the apostolic letter of Pope Francis Desiderio Desideravi. He issued it on June 29th, the Solemnity of Saints Peter and Paul. It's a letter that um, was written to all of us, to the whole church, to you, to me, to uh, the pastors, on the liturgical formation of the people of God. And so since mm-hmm. July, we've been breaking open the main themes. We've been breaking open, uh, breaking op- breaking open uh, main principles that uh, Pope Francis has made. Um, he talks, talks about the, uh, uh, the desire that Jesus has to be with us and that uh, that is the very reason why we go to Mass on Sunday, uh, because he has invited us uh, and that he wants to encounter us and that yeah. the place for an encounter is in the liturgy and in the sacraments, which is foundational, right, you two, for our, yeah. just for our Catholic faith. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 just to recap kind of what you said, it is foundational in the sense that, that Jesus deeply desires this encounter. That's how that letter starts, right? We've talked about that in, in pretty much, I think, every show. That there's a, well, you have to. I mean, it's it's the basis. Right. <laughs> and and if and if we're coming to the liturgy for that encounter, we also are hungry, and sometimes we have to tap into that and and, and, and name that we have a hunger too that draws us to this encounter. And so uh, every every uh, month we've we've focused on a different aspect. Today we're going to focus on. Uh, um, uh, uh, a call 
I think might be the best word. Or, um, it's not a demand that Francis makes, but it's a call that he makes. Um, and calls our attention to what is called the Ars Celebrande. So it's a totally Latin title. Desiderio <laughs> Desideravi and the Ars Celebrande the is, is, our, is our, uh, the focus of our show today. Uh, and and he, he says that the Ars Celebrande is very important. It's foundational to the full celebration of the liturgy, whether it be the Mass or one of the sacraments. Um, and, and I guess real quickly, Danielle, how, how do you translate Ars Celebrande? I, I'm sure that's a term that not many people have heard. Right. It's the art of celebrating. So think of that for a second about liturgy as a form of art, right? As a form of beauty. Now, of course, we, we, I don't think anyone would disagree that the liturgy is an act of beauty, but as an art form and an art form of all the people who are gathered celebrating that we all have this role to play in the liturgy that it, that comes from our baptism and that we how we celebrate the liturgy, if we celebrate the liturgy well, it affects everybody's experience of the liturgy. And I often come back to sing to the Lord music and divine worship when I think of our celebrande in that good celebrations can foster faith and poor celebrations can weaken faith. Mm -hmm. So in terms of the Ars celebrande, if we are celebrating this well as this art form, we are helping people encounter God because God is that supreme beauty, right? So if liturgy is an act of beauty, it communicates the beauty of God in our encounter. And, and I think we should be, uh, I, I love that explanation, Danielle, uh, and I want people to understand it's not just uh, do the red and say the black. That's not an art yes. form. Like, yes. obviously those those are important and, and, and attending to rubrics, but the beauty is is the expressiveness and the way that one presides, the way that the assembly mm-hmm. engages, the the aesthetic um, sometimes of of the the space in which uh, you're gathering, the vestments, the vessels, all of that play into the art of celebrating, I, I think. And the other piece I would I'd want to kind of add on to that is um, that this isn't a new concept that Pope Francis comes up with. Uh, he's he's re engaging and Benedict was the first. Well, Benedict certainly artic- used, used that term. He uses that he term. He was the first one to use the term ars celebrandi. Yeah, in Sacramentum Caritatis, right? Correct. Yep. Car- um, yes. Is, is where, where that comes up. And and he, Pope Benedict sort of lays that out um, in, in a nice way, and then our bishop's conference kind of takes that on. But I want to push the language. You're right, Todd, wasn't used. But uh, the idea. But the idea really grew out of the liturgical renewal and the Second Vatican Council. And we can think, and this is maybe dating me a little bit, but even back right after the council, we have folks like uh, uh, Father Robert Havda, who wrote a book called Strong, Loving, and Wise. And his whole thing was about how do we teach presiders to for the art of presiding, the art of beauty, the art of, of celebrating the liturgy. So he didn't use that language of Ars Celebrande. He was just trying to say, okay, we're after the council now, and there's a different way of kind of looking at how we are, are celebrating and presiding at liturgy. Here's a textbook, if you will. It wasn't quite a textbook, but uh, he's inviting that same kind of conversation. But we also have folks uh, 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 like Father Clarence Rivers, who's maybe a little kind of different uh, 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 
than Bob Havda. But uh, he is also kind of tackling some of that in how he breaks open and talks a little bit about liturgy. Anyway, so Pope Francis, I think this is a perfect opportunity to to kind of re-engage and bring us into this conversation to think about the beauty of, of the liturgy, the beauty of the way we gather and celebrate and break open this mystery. And he, he, says, mm-hmm. at the very, he says at the very beginning of, of his letter, he says, one of my intents, Pope Francis writes, is that we should rediscover the truth and the beauty yeah. Yeah. Of, the Christian, yeah. of the Christian celebration. What the transcendentals, right? The truth, the beauty, truth, beauty, and goodness, right? Um, kind of, of, of recapturing what that means in our liturgical celebration. Right, right. Danielle, I was glad that you mentioned that it's not just a strict following of the rubrics, because Fr- Francis talks a, l- a lot about that, and he does it in terms of we shouldn't it, it, th- limit it to just following the rules, but we also can't reinvent the wheel. Right. Right. So it's a balance of the two. And we may be celebrating the liturgy. We may be following every single rule that's in the book, every liturgical law, but it doesn't mean it's life giving or dynamic or vibrant or reflects the personality of the assembly. Um, I went to a church recently where they did everything right in terms of, you know, music and processions and um, preaching and so forth. But it wasn't implemented well, you know, a cantor that's too loud to the point of over um, singing over the assembly, which then quieted the assembly. Um, so, you know, if I'm at a liturgy and I don't want to sing, you know, there's something wrong. <laughs> but, you know, how are we celebrating the sacraments, for example, if when we're baptizing, are we fully immersing so that it conveys a death and rising? Are we using incense that we can see and that we can smell that surrounds the coffin, for example, at a funeral? Is the presider, does he open a hymnal from the very start in the entrance procession and sing along with everyone else as a sign of invitation that everyone is welcome and encouraged to sing? Um, How we do the liturgy affects how people respond to the liturgy. I, I, I think one of the best in definitions, if you will, of, of Ars Celebrande that I've heard was at a, a conference recently, a gathering. It was a national meeting. And the, the presenter talked about it, that the Ars Celebrande is entering into the liturgy, either presiding or participating, wholeheartedly, with, with, with a wholeheartedness. Mm-hmm. I, and I thought that was I thought that was a great way of describing what yeah. what we mean by the art of celebrating. Yeah, that that sort of self emptying and, and allowing yourself to be fully present, entering in. I like that. Mm-hmm. That's a good yeah a good image. Yeah, yeah, with the whole heart. Yeah, because because uh, and 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 Francis uh, does talk about it in the letter Desiderio. Uh, he, he spends a, a lot of time talking about, uh, as you mentioned, one of your examples, Danielle, the, um, uh, the, the presider mm-hmm. and the, the, art of, the art of presiding mm-hmm. um, as, as a, an example of, of Ars Celebrande. But, but he also applies that to the whole liturgical assembly. It's not just the presider. It's not just the priest. Mm-hmm. Re- remember, what, what he makes the, the note in there that the only subject of the liturgy is the celebrating community is the church Christ yeah 
yeah. who, who enacts the liturgy, the church Christ. It's the, the liturgy yeah. is the prayer of the people of God when the body of Christ gathers. Right. It, it is led by the head, right? But it is the right. everybody, every member of the assembly um, yeah. has to know the art of celebrating. And so, right. I mean, I think e- even for our listeners then, uh, at this early point of the show to even consider <laughs> how do you how do you participate artfully do you do you see your participation in the liturgy your your aspect of um of, of celebrating it whether you're a scheduled minister or uh not um mm-hmm. as a as an art form that's a great question and yeah just take some time to consider the way that I mean, even from the very moment of stepping into the church, how is your, what is your mindset and coming in? And like Danielle mentioned about the, the, pres, the priest presider, you know, with the hymnal, are you the one picking up the hymnal and singing? Um, you know, I, I was just sharing a story recently with a friend. Um, when I was in Washington, one of the liturgies I went to um, was from a, a community in, in one of the African countries that I cannot remember for the life of me now. But what was artful about that particular celebration was the it was very culturally enriched, and the whole community was swaying together. Now that was normal for their context, cultural context. But that was that was beauty. There was an entering into of giving of self to the whole assembly, and the whole assembly sort of singing in unison, swaying or not quite dancing, but there was movement right. because their body couldn't. If you're filled with the spirit within that particular you culture, can't, you can't, you can't, can't be stand still. still. Yeah. But but it wasn't just one person. There was there was a movement of the whole community, of the whole assembly. Um, so think about yeah, you picking up the hymnal and singing or responding, and, and and we'll pick it up there when we come back. We're just introducing the idea of the Ars Celebrande, the art of celebrating, as Pope Francis gives it to us in his apostolic letter. Stay with us. We'll be back with more focus on the liturgy right after these messages. Charities on Friday, December 2nd for the 33rd annual Spirit of St. Nicholas Ball at the Chicago Hilton. The Spirit of St. Nicholas Ball is one of the most elegant galas of the holiday season in Chicago and proceeds provide critical funding for our programs and services into the new year. Families, friends, and work colleagues make a tradition out of gathering at this extraordinary black tie event to celebrate the Christmas season. Enjoy an opening reception, gourmet meal, and live entertainment courtesy of the Ken Arlen Orchestra, all in support of Catholic Charities. Don't miss this special night for a great cause on Friday, December 2nd. To purchase tickets for the Spirit of St. Nicholas Ball, visit catholiccharities.net slash events or call 312-948-6963. That's 312-948-6963. Your 
44 for me teaching. When I started here, there were teachers here that had taught me when I was a student. Now I'm the old person. <laughs> right now, I teach junior high math. I love when kids find what I'm teaching to be fun and they get it. I see that light bulb go off and it's a thrill. People are always amazed, what, what? You're here for 44 years? It's hard for me to believe, frankly. <laughs> I love what I do. Every summer I think, oh, I miss the classroom. Even on the weekends, I think I can't wait to get back on Monday and teach those quadratic equations. <laughs> Shape the next generation of leaders. Teach, apply today at artchicago.org slash schooljobs. Catholic Charities Refugee Resettlement Program has been especially busy this year, assisting individuals and families who have fled dangerous situations in their homeland, including Afghanistan and the Ukraine. The Refugee Resettlement Team helps with everything they need to start to rebuild their lives in a new country, including housing, employment, clothing, food, English classes, and referrals for legal and immigration services. The refugees are tremendously grateful for the compassion and practical help they're receiving, and they're giving back and helping each other plan for a brighter, safer future. Volunteer opportunities are currently available for those who would like to be family mentors and tutors so children and adults can practice English. To learn more about these rewarding opportunities, call 312-655-7096. That's 312-655-7096. Welcome back to Focus on the Liturgy. We are talking, uh, of course, about Desiderio Desideravi. Pope Francis's recent apostolic letter on the form on the liturgical formation of the people of God. We've been doing that for the last number of months, uh, and today we're talking about uh, the uh, idea of the Ars Celebrande, the art of celebrating. Pope Francis raises that as uh, um, uh, as a as a goal, as a um, as a uh, um, a call. Uh, and and in some maybe in some ways as a challenge, Danielle. During the break, you had noted that uh, uh, you have um, uh, we're, we're and we're just talking with the uh, with the listeners about what do we mean? What does Francis mean by the Ars Celebrande? And Danielle, you found something during the break. Oops, you're on mute. Um. He really he does give a good definition of it in his document, um, which the USCCB has taken to the um, and added on their page, defining our celebrande. And Benedict describes this as a way to foster the participation of the people of God is the proper celebration of the right. And so he says that the Ars Celebrande is the best way to foster full conscious and active participation because the Ars Celebrande is the fruit of faithful adherence to the liturgical norms in all their richness. Um, and then he continues by saying for 2000 years, this way of celebrating has sustained the faith life of all believers 
called to take part in the celebration as the people of God, a royal priesthood in a holy nation. So he is drawing, Pope Benedict is drawing on First Peter, and that is also referenced in um, the Constitution on the Sacred Liturgy. And he's making a link that this comes back to the priesthood of all believers from our baptism that we're called to share in the priestly ministry of Jesus. And as a sharing in the priestly ministry of Jesus, we are making an offering of ourselves as a sacrifice of praise in the liturgy. And that really comes back to kind of that, that phrase you use, the celebration of heart that you heard at that conference, right. that when we give our whole selves, yes. when we when allow we, ourselves yes. both internally and externally when we, when to we give surrender. ourselves in the liturgy. Yep, when we surrender ourselves in the mm-hmm. liturgy. I, and I, I yep. mean, when we surrender ourselves to the liturgy as well as in the liturgy. In the, yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, and we've talked yeah. about this before that you, you, you can even look at that, that whole idea of surrendering ourselves to the liturgy. Um, is, I, I mean, I think that comes first and then so then surrendering ourselves in the liturgy. Right. And, yeah. and I mean, just real base, real basic examples. Uh, Danielle, you and I have talked about this both on the air and off the air. I don't know how many <laughs> times, but, you know, the. the, the, the we, we we surrender ourselves to the liturgy. And I mean, a real nut and bolt example is, you know, uh, how many times do the, the, do you, does the assembly sit down after the opening collect and the first reader gets up and you go, oh, God, not him. <laughs> yep. Oh, God, I hate when, I hate when he reads. It's so distracting. And I may have that reaction, but then I have to call myself to remember that somewhere in that church, that lector, God, through that lector, is touching the heart of a brother or sister of mine, and I need mm-hmm. to give myself over to it. Yeah. Uh, right? I mean, it, it, when, I, when I pray to God, when, in, in my own individual prayer, I've said this before, I don't use words like consubstantial or right. beseech or <laughs> oblation. That's not how I pray to God. Yeah. But when I enter the liturgy, I need to surrender myself yeah. over to that. And, yeah. let, and in this example, let the words of the liturgy become the words of my prayer. It's right. right. So yeah. even yeah. even just that to, to surrender yourself to the liturgy is is an uh, is, is an art. Yeah. No. As you're saying that one of the ways I don't know if this is appropriate or not, but sometimes using that particular example is I have I've learned like if I close my eyes. I mean, it helps me with that kind of distraction. It helps refocus or helps me enter in uh, to listen differently or at least to hear the words and think about the presence of God. And Because, yeah, there are certainly things that can be, but I think that's what Pope Francis is getting at, is how do we work with our liturgical yes, ministers, yes, our yes. presiders, mm-hmm. so that, that they also aren't distracting from the liturgical act, but that they're contributing right. to... And nobody's perfect, right? We're, you know, we all make mistakes. We all are have off days. You know, some lectors are really great. Some are challenged, but maybe you're great sometimes. You know, it just we continue to work. We continue to form. Yep. We continue to invite into this conversation um, because uh, that that's what we're working towards, right? Right, uh, right. You know, in in trying to let me ask both of you this: it, just in trying to uh, to um, uh, get a sense of what we mean by the art of celebration, uh, the Ars Celebrande. Um, how would you? How would both of you react to this? Because Ars Celebrande does not mean performance. Right. Right. 
right? It, it, so, so how how do you how do you how do you react to that? Boy, that, that's a great. Go ahead, Danielle. <laughs> well, uh, this comes up a lot in my job at LTP. Yeah. This idea of there is a fine line between our performance at the liturgy. Because it is performative for theater. Yes, because liturgy liturgy involves all of the elements of a good production. But the difference is is entering into it and becoming part of it. Whereas with theater, it's all for show, right? And and entertainment, and that does conjure up emotions and responses from people attending those events. But with liturgy, we're becoming one with God. We're entering into this Paschal mystery. Nice point. So the, yes. So the story that's being told is our is story. Is our story, yes. And right. we're part of it. But we still have to be attentive to all of the things that a good theater production involves. We need to be attentive to our skills as a musician that I'm not just playing black notes on a page, but my playing is breathing with the assembly it's breathing with oh, yeah. the text of the liturgy what a beautiful image well, <laughs> there's was, a well there's a it's a heartbeat yeah and we become one with that and you know I've, i think i shared this story before i i really struggled when i moved to chicago liturgically because i had been at st john's for four years where timothy and i both went to grad school and we worshiped with the monks there and because the liturgical life is so much a part of just their daily existence that they were just so in sync with the liturgy and you couldn't help but fall in sync with them. Yes. Hold into it. When, when I went back to parish life, I realized how chaotic regular liturgy is. They're, they're, it seemed very rushed to me. There really wasn't a time for the silences that come at the certain parts of the mass and everything seemed just on a fast pace. Let's move from this to this, to this. And I was overwhelmed. Like hmm. I, I had a really hard time entering into it. And it's because that I didn't feel like the heartbeat was there. Interesting. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think, I, I think that's, that's one of the reactions that I would share or similarly would share with, with Danielle is there as members of the assembly, we are not just spectators, which is what happens at a production. Like we sort of watch and we can enter into that emotionally. But what is different, and this is why I like what Danielle mentioned about sort of the breath or the heartbeat, is part of our goal as we are coming together and uniting, we're hearing the word, we're being fed, is that we are attentive to the rhythm of the liturgy. Yes. Because it, it's not mine. Right. And so if I'm listening to my neighbor, and, and Danielle, you made me think of, again, in Washington, I had done a, a workshop for a group of deacons, and we prayed morning prayer together. And it, as, as Todd and Danielle probably know, when you get clergy together, often they, they recite the Liturgy of the Hours. It's, it can be rushed uh -huh. um, or can seem rushed for somebody that, that takes more time. And afterwards, you know, we prayed, we, we did, you know, it was nice. And I just stopped and I said, okay, before I actually start my presentation, I want to talk about breath and they're like breath why <laughs> and i said because you all prayed this very differently not as one voice and so i demonstrated in that particular group 
a way of, of we kind of did some breath exercise first, and then we prayed whatever psalm it was again with intentionality. Mm-hmm. And at the end, where they, because I, I, my challenge to them was, I want you to not listen to yourself. I want you to make sure you're in unison with the person next to you, and 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 be prayerful with the, which automatically made them slow down. Like they had to be intentional about uh, the rhythm that they were in. And afterwards, they were all just sort of. I don't want to make it more dramatic than it was, but there was there was a, a light bulb that went on. Like they were like, oh my gosh, like that makes so much sense. And mm-hmm. I said, this is what it means to be part of an assembly. Yes. This is what it, yeah. I mean, this isn't only it, but this is how we begin to unify our heart and mind. So when you're praying the hours or you're at mass, and especially as a deacon, as you're leading um, particular prayers like the intercessions, be mindful of the rhythm, the, the intonation. Yes. The, the way that you are inviting because people will respond with yes. the intentionality or the way that you're inviting them to pray. Wow. Yes. So that's another way that we sort of react. Uh, we can respond by the way that the presider or those that are leading us in prayer model that prayer for us. The other just last piece to that, as you were sharing, Daniel and, and Todd, uh, and I don't remember the actual quote, but Cardinal Lorenze actually talks about, uh, he, he has a quote um, that I'm going to, unfortunately murder because I don't have it in front of me. But he basically says, if if the theater world can take so much time in, in basically putting together their productions with rehearsals and, and well-prepared scripts and direction and choreography and all of that, he's like, then the liturgy demands much more. If they can do it at that level, then it, the liturgy requires, again, I'm not saying it exactly like he did, but mm-hmm. that was the sentiment. Yeah, And, it, and, and he, he was inviting again I, you know, I think this was following from uh, Sacramentum Caritatis, ultimately, if I recall correctly, inviting us to enter into the liturgical act more intentionally and attentive to how we move in the space. All of those right. things. All right. So, Danielle and Timothy, can we, when we come back from this break, can we spend some time talking about the, what do we mean when we talk about the intentionality of the particip- the, the assembly? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, yep. excellent. We're talking about Ars Celebrande, the art of celebrating, which Pope Francis raises in his apostolic letter, Desiderio Desideravi. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Catholic Charities' 75th Annual Celebration of Giving is underway in support of those who are struggling to make ends meet every day. Individuals, families, colleagues, neighbors, parishioners, and friends purchase thousands of gifts and basic necessities to ensure Catholic Charities' clients and their families have a joyful Christmas morning. There are many ways to get involved, including online wish lists that make giving easier than ever before. If you can join us in this special Chicago Christmas tradition as volunteers and donors, please email us at cog at catholiccharities.net. That's cog at catholiccharities.net. Or call 312-655-7401 in Cook County 
and 847-782-4210 in Lake County. Thank you for helping us spread Christmas cheer this year throughout Cook and Lake Counties. I am a seminarian. The church needs compassionate and well-trained priests to help guide each of us through life. What inspires me, what draws me always to the priesthood is continue to see priests be a beacon of hope for other people. You can play a part in the education of these young men as they prepare for a life of service to others. I want to be that beacon of hope too, and it, it sets my heart on fire. To support our seminarians, make your gift at archchicago.org slash seminarian fund or call 312-534-7959. The Cemetery Ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 44 Archdiocese of Chicago Catholic cemeteries willing to help you in your time of loss. Call 708-449-6100 or visit catholiccemeterychicago.org. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837. You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Welcome back to Focus on the Liturgy. If you are just joining us for this second half hour, I'm Todd Williamson from the Office for Divine Worship. And I'm Timothy Johnston from St. Thomas the Apostle. And I'm Danielle Noe from LTP. And we're talking about the art of celebration. It's a principle that Pope Francis raised in his apostolic letter, Desiderio Desideravi. Uh, and and, and uh, Timothy and Danielle just helping our listeners understand what, what does he mean when he talks about the art of celebrating. Certainly that applies to the presider. Um, doing more, uh, Timothy, as you said, than just... Um, than just doing the red and saying the black, right? It's and and Danielle, you said you you talked about it in terms of um, um, getting in sync with the heartbeat of the liturgy, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> and Timothy, in that last in that last section before that last break, you were talking about um, about uh, pre- entering into it with one heart, yeah. and and I mean I think both of those are excellent images of what we mean. For just the listener who say, well, what, what what art do I need to you know express in in going to mass? Well, if 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 the mass is everything we've been saying it is, right? It is the the prayer of the body of Christ. It's the prayer of the ch- Christ Church, as mm-hmm. uh, as uh, Pope Francis says, um, and it is the celebrating community, right? Um, and it's not performance. Then then that means entering uh, for for all of our listeners. That means entering into the liturgy when you when you go to participate or to collaborate, mm-hmm. <laughs> as the as the, right as the Constitution says, yeah. right? That yeah. uses that term yeah. to collaborate um, in the celebration of the Mass. Do you do it with intentionality? Do you do it with wholeheartedness? <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, they're they're. And that's what we were kind of breaking open a little bit during the break was that that word of intentionality and being attentive to or and purposeful about picking up that hymnal, 
that procession as you're moving towards the the uh, communion table to receive. But it, it can't just be a mindless uh, act in some ways. And there are days, obviously, where that happens, right? Right. But we go with the best intention so that, that we show up and we, we are our best selves, we present as we are, and and we're attentive to what's happening, not just letting it happen mm-hmm. to us, um, and, but we're engaged in it in the way that we listen, the way that we're singing, the, the way that we respond, the way we respond. Do, do we do we do we respond? And I'm talking to myself too. You know, do 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 we respond um, um, rotely, or mm-hmm. you know, or to to recite the confidior yeah. in one voice? Right. right, even the way you were talking about the the uh, deacons yeah, praying the yeah. psalms, Timothy, um, to and 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 to be aware of what I'm asking, yeah, and all you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me, right? And I mean, that's I that's a great example uh, because I think of that every time I hear the confidior, um, and because I'm aware of my own sinfulness and I'm sitting there thinking like, Oh, I don't want them to know my sinfulness. But here I am asking. <laughs> yes. Like, that I want my brothers and sisters to pray for me, but I don't want you to really know me because <laughs> I know, you know, but, yeah. but there's a, there's a vulnerability. There's an authenticity in that intentionality. Like yes. these brothers and sisters, whether I know them or not, I'm asking you to, to help me on my journey. But, but now push that further the, it, to, to be really in, in intentional, right? To be aware, to be in this wholeheartedly. That means that at the same time, they're asking me yeah. to pray for them. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Danielle. Do we allow ourselves to actually respond in the way that the texts are asking us to, right? Or do we listen to the word and allow it to become part of us are we actually looking at the text of the music that we sing and be inspired to and pray disciples and praying that text (laughs) right are we literally lifting up our hearts to the lord in self-surrender to do that do we realize that we're singing with all of the angels and saints in glory during the Eucharistic prayer. Do we think of, wow, my prayer right now is being joined with what's going on in heaven? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, and, and that's, that, again, for the listeners, that's what we mean by intentionality. It, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean, and it doesn't, like we said, it doesn't mean um, over-exaggeration. And Pope Francis talks about that, right? right? He says it's a balance, right? He yeah. says it's a big, it's a balance. It's a balance. And, and right. he, he's, he, he has this kind of this long list of, of, of in-betweens, right? It's in between fastidiousness and yes. carelessness. Mm-hmm. It's it's in it's it's in yeah. it's a balance. It's in between um, over dramatization and just reciting it by rote. He says it's it's not sloppiness, but it's not scrupulosity either. Yeah. It's it's that balance. I think it's about being authentic, genuine. Right? Yes, 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 and and it's it, and that authenticity inspires others to be part of it because you know especially if you make the comparison with RCIA, for example, and that the church is modeling for those who want to be part of the faith, what it means to be disciples, what it means to be people of prayer. So are we truly authentic in our celebration? I like that. And so even with that example we were using before, 
So if I'm if I'm if I'm striving to be authentic, to be genuine, then that means in the confidior, I am or the penitential act, whichever yeah. form, I am truly praying, Lord have mm-hmm. mercy. Right. And, and 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 I am truly praying, Lord Jesus, you came to call sinners. Mm-hmm. And wait, wait a minute. I'm a sinner. That yeah. that means he came to call me. Yeah. And and yeah. and the person I'm sitting next to. I mean, that's what it means to pray with intentionality and wholeheartedness and and the art of celebrating. And also about sharing that with others. It's, you know, everybody is called to do the same thing. Right. It's not like, oh, she's singing over here. That person replies or I'm standing during the Eucharistic prayer because I think that's better when everyone else is kneeling. It's all common gesture. We're all called to do the same thing because it's the prayer of the church and we need to do the prayer of the church well and with our whole heart. And that happens when we surrender to it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. When we give ourselves yeah. over to it, and and that can be a scary place. Like to oh my goodness, to be, yeah. there's a vulnerability, obviously, of 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 exposing, you know, sort of what we think is hidden, but God already knows, you know. And and we have to, and that could be like you're afraid of your voice, or oh my you know, goodness, it, I mean, it could be <laughs> lots yeah. of different reasons that we, we we, but that once we can name that, we can say, okay, how do I enter in? to the liturgy still instead of just because as you were saying that Danielle one of my favorite things <laughs> in parishes and I've seen this in many places is you know handing out the worship aid or the hymnal and you get the the person that comes in and they wave their hand at you say oh no thanks you know and or or the response I don't sing and it's like that's really like someone's gifting you giving inviting you into the liturgy yeah and now you're you're you already put a wall up to what's right. happening in the liturgical wow. act. Um, but they're not thinking about no, that. They're just no. like, oh, I don't sing. Yeah. Um, and and at the end of the day, you do sing or whatever, you know, whatever it might be. But yeah, like we, we might have to wrestle with some of the uncomfortability of what it means to be intentional and authentic, to bring our full selves because that's what we're doing in the liturgy. We're becoming yeah. more and to more. Bring, to bring our full selves, our whole selves, yeah. so yeah. that we can offer it. Yeah. Yes. Along with along with Christ's self offering, yeah. I mean, there's nothing more beautiful. I'm, I even even Danielle, the way you were talking about it earlier. I mean, I I'm I'm just thinking this now. That 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 calls me. That even calls me to be intentional about the procession of gifts mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. I'm not one of the mm-hmm. people presenting. Oh sure, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But to, but to that means that means to be uh, intent that that calls me to be intentional during the presentation of the gifts to be aware that that right. uh, that yeah. not just that the gifts are going up, but that those gifts represent me. Yeah, and I don't think most of us realize that those gifts represent us, the gathered yes. faithful. Yeah. And how often are the, is that part of the mass so rushed? You know, everybody's getting the collection and the money, and then all of a sudden the people are rushing down the aisle, and it's gone. It's right. we missed it. Right, right. Now, does that mean that does that mean that uh, that uh, that the presentation of the gifts needs to be dramatic, and it needs to no, no, a spotlight <laughs> no. on them as they're you know no as they come up. yeah as they come up you know like like right. a figure skater. No, <laughs> right. that's not what we mean. But it means but be intentional. Yes, be be wholehearted about it. Be intentional. I um this is kind of a funny story. My when my uh, 
goddaughter was baptized, uh, me and the godfather were asked to bring up the gifts because she was baptized right after mass. And, you know, I'm trying to be intentional about it. So I'm walking deliberately. But the person who gave me the gifts kind of tapped me. She's like, you can move faster. Oh. Like, no, we need to, you know, be in sync. Come on, chop, chop. <laughs> We're on a time clock here. Come on. Right. The parking lot has to be available. <laughs> well, so, so, all right. So, so that I think that's a very, I think that's a great example that you both raised. And I think it's very practical. And I think that it's yeah. very prevalent. Rushing. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. How uh, and and when you rush, you rush things that are routine, mm-hmm. and and ritual is not routine, right? So and, and that's for presiders, mm-hmm. proclaimers, yep, and and us and the rest of the assembly, uh, yeah. right? I mean, uh, how how the, the responses just trip off our tongues yeah. without yeah. even thinking. The Lord's right. Prayer is my favorite example, um, because I always think that. You you have usually like five or six different people, uh, not tempos, people, tempos, tempos <laughs> and they all sort of end at, at different times. Yes. And, and it's like yes. that's one of those places. Like why why aren't we listening to one another? That's what I always yes. ask. Like why aren't we listening and hearing what each of us yes. are praying? Oh my goodness! So. The, the creed is the same, and a lot of that falls to the presider to set a rhythm because sometimes the presider, if they're still talking in the microphone, for example, it kind of disrupts the rhythm of the assembly and everything becomes discordant so we need to be listening to one another it's like in choir rehearsal right what does the choir director teach us to do to listen to the person next to us so that we can soften our voices mold our voices blend our voices get louder when we need to so that it's all one voice um yeah. Funny story about this. So <laughs> when I first started celebrating with the monks at St. John's, the very first time I, I went there, the guest master was standing at the edge of the pews and he's motioning for me to come over. And I thought, oh boy, what's going on? And uh, he says, you have a lovely voice, but can you tone it down? A few monks were offended. And I was very upset when that happened because I, I didn't want to offend anybody. But looking back, I un- completely understand where he was coming from, that he wanted us to be, we were welcome to, you know, participate in their liturgy, but we all had to be one voice yeah. and be in sync with one another. Yes. It's yeah. like knowing your of partner one heart. in a relationship, of one, Yeah, right? of one heart, right? Mm-hmm. Oh wow! It's uh, wow! It's like knowing your partner in a relationship. There's the vulnerability that yeah. it calls us yep. to, Timothy. That's right. Yep. That's good. Oh my goodness! To That's, to yeah. to 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 want to be that to want to be in sync with these strangers mm-hmm. I don't even know. Yeah, we're mm-hmm. talking we're talking about the art of celebration, the Ars Celebrande, as Pope Francis raises it in his apostolic letter, Desiderio Desideravi. Stay with us. We'll be right back with more Ars Celebrande after these messages.
are hiring. Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Chicago is looking for mission-driven individuals who want to help make a positive difference in the lives of people in need throughout Cook and Lake Counties. Be part of a diverse, talented team of professionals in the largest human services organization in the Midwest. We are dedicated to helping people chart a more stable, happier future for themselves, and we accompany anyone in need, regardless of faith, gender, race, or ethnicity. Competitive salaries and generous benefits add to the satisfaction you'll have every day, knowing that you're helping us amplify our impact in Chicago. To see our list of employment opportunities, visit catholiccharities.net. say how can you spend your day with three-year-olds seeing the changes that they go through and just the journey and how they grow this is a very rewarding job even though at the end of the day we're not the highest paid people on earth and when I have a parent contact me and say my child loves school that to me I'm setting that foundation for their love of learning because really you are changing lives you are molding lives shape the next generation of leaders teach Apply today at artchicago.org slash schooljobs. At Catholic Charities, we want to remind you that we are here for anyone who is a victim of domestic violence or anyone who has a concern about someone they think may be a victim. Domestic violence affects millions of people each year, both women and men of every race, religion, culture, and economic status. It includes physical, psychological, and emotional abuse inflicted in both subtle and overt ways. The impact on children can be devastating. If you or someone you know are victims of domestic violence and you are looking for a place for healing and recovery, call us at 773-935-3434 in Cook County and 224-430-4977 in Lake County. A safer, happier tomorrow can begin today. Welcome back to this last segment of Focus on the Liturgy. We have been talking about the Ars Celebrande, the art of celebrating, as Pope Francis talks about it in his apostolic letter, Desiderio Desideravi. Um, Danielle, what, what, last section, what, 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 what else needs to be said? What have we forgotten to talk about? Uh, Pope Francis, he, he does raise uh, the idea of, of the, the art of celebrating both exteriorly and interiorly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, and As I was listening to Timothy talk about intentionality, um, a scripture verse kept coming to my mind. It's one of my favorite verses of be still and know that I am God. And I'll wait. I, I, I kind of been playing with that phrase of be intentional and know that I am God. Be mindful. Know that I am God. And we, we come to know God through the liturgy. Because that's and, where we encounter God in right. the most unique and way. And so I think for those that serve in the liturgy, 
regularly, whether you're priest, presider, reader, extraordinary minister, musicians, one of the primary goals of our job or of our role, if you will, is to help the assembly come into full active conscious and participation. And by doing that, we need to obviously be intentional about what we're doing, but to allow time for the liturgy to move, mm -hmm. to allow it to wash over everyone, to seep into the hearts of the people who are there celebrating, to give them time to process what's going on, to understand what the signs and symbols mean. I think you talked about in the last show about how Francis stresses that we live in a, a world now where we don't understand the power of symbol or the symbolic language. Yeah, we, but part of the, the way we help people understand that symbolic language is how the rites are done and to allow people to be intentional about them, to receive the communication that God is trying to convey through those rites. Um, Francis stresses the need for silence. I, I was, I was, Danielle, the, I was just thinking, I think that is, that that's a great example mm -hmm. of uh, how, how do you, how the, the art of celebrating, how do you do silence well? Right. And we're uncomfortable with yes. silences. We're in, and it's not just in the liturgy, you know, my, my husband is very uncomfortable with silence and he becomes a chatterbox. I'm a quiet person, but he feels the need to fill the silence because, oh my gosh, what's she thinking? But it's the same way in the liturgy. We need to allow people to have time for silent prayer. Francis uses one of my favorite examples in Let Us Pray. So you're inviting the assembly to do just that, mm -hmm. to pray, but then you don't allow the silence that is called for to pray. The collect isn't the prayer that we're being invited to pray the collect is lifting up the prayers that we offered in the silence of our hearts during that period of silence that we were invited to pray in so we need to be attentive to all of those the ebb and flow of the liturgy right there's all of these crescendos and decrescendos of the liturgy we need to understand the rhythm and the tempo and the personality of the liturgy yeah. and allow people to understand that Francis spends some time addressing silence in in the letter in Desiderio. You know, it's saying, and I, he was tying it, I think, along the lines of of Danielle, like you mentioned, what we talked about last month, the mm -hmm. symbolic language, and and I mean, the, the, how did, to to be intentional about silence then, because there have been times when. <clears throat> I'm, I've been called into the silence of the liturgy and I try to make myself aware that it's not just me being quiet. It's it's me entering into silence together mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. with all the others who are right. part of this assembly. Yeah, there, there's something about, I mean, first of all, there's a power in that silence. Yes, when you, there is. When you, again, being vulnerable to it, like allowing yourself and acknowledge the restlessness, acknowledge the like uncomfortability and just give over, give it over. That's the Paschal mystery. Yeah. Die to it and let it be. Because yeah. there is such a power when, when you, you do, because there, you become, you know, it's like, you know, monastic tradition, again, kind of looking at this, or we can look at early church fathers and, and, and desert mothers and fathers. That silence is a, another place to encounter God. It's, it's a, that's part of the dialogue that, that we have in the liturgy, I think, that if we don't allow ourselves the time to digest or to sit back, then we can't hear what God's inviting 
individually, collectively, mm-hmm. you know, for all of us um, in, inviting, because I'm going to hear the word of God differently than you because of the context I'm in. Right. So if I don't have space to, to be attentive, what is the spirit calling to mind? There. And, France, and, and Francis says that in the letter. It's in the silence, he says, that we let the Holy Spirit work on yeah. us. Yeah. Right. You know, how often have we experienced the uh, solemn intercessions on Good Friday, for example, where it's kind of jumbled, you know, it's let us pray, let us kneel. As soon as we kneel, we're back up again. You hear the kneelers making that loud sound when they're being raised up. But, you know, allow people to hear what's being prayed. Yeah, Daniel, there's a silence in the kneeling, too. Right. Right. That that gesture that we need time to do that to settle in. You need time to settle into it. that when my first year in religious life, I was asked uh, to sing them at, at the abbey that I was as was at, and I took it very seriously. And so when I invited the community to to kneel, there was I actually, I mean I was praying, you know, so I allowed my prayer to kind of be the model, uh, or of silence. And there was probably a minute of silence in between. And afterwards, one of the Norbertines came up to me and was like, why, why? We don't do that. <laughs> I said, we do, actually. That's what the church calls, like, this is where the prayer happens. <laughs> like, this is where people's prayer happens. There's Timothy is stirring the pot. Always, right? <laughs> and, always. And, so, but that's that's a great example, too, because we're up and down and up and down, and there's no... Yeah. And, and when I was at the cathedral, even in Milwaukee, by the time I was just getting into my prayer, they were already like standing again. I'm like, I haven't even started. Right, like, right, I have, right, like, exactly. Because every week, even those intentions, like they're, they're, they draw us to pray in an intentional way for the ways yeah. that we've encountered needs in the world. Yeah. So when we hear that prayer for the church or the world or whatever, like all of that. One of the options, I, I wonder, you know, one of the, uh, right, one of the options for the universal prayer response is silence. Is silence. Yeah. How powerful could that be for the poor and then silence? This is what I, oh my god! For gosh, the yes. church. I've been trying for years. Sure. And then silence. I would love that. Talk about intentionality. Talk about ours, you know, the art yeah. of self. And, and, and then you got the practical among us or my practical side that says, you know, no, that's going to take too long. Right. But that's what Francis is calling us to. That's yeah. what the liturgy calls us to. We shouldn't be bound by our wristwatches. Yeah. Just let it flow naturally. Yes. And even with the universal prayer, you know, wait until the assembly has said that response and add a moment of silence after right. the response before saying the next, the next intention. intention. Often breath, they overlap with what's being responded to. And that's why I think it's chaotic. <laughs> yep, exactly. Well, for, just, since we've been talking about silence, I just want to note that LTP actually publishes a book called Silence. That oh, yes. By yes. Joyce Ann yes. Zimmerman. And and it, it's written Silence. for you. It's written for listeners yes. like you. Um, it, it's a great resource just to help you contemplate sort of what silence is in yes. our life, not just in the liturgy, but how it plays out in the world around us. It's a beautiful book. Um, so. It's a beautiful book. The, the subtitle actually kind of encapsulates what you're talking about. It's Silence, Everyday Living and Praying. Yeah. We encourage our listeners, if you haven't yet, Go to the website of the Vatican. You can find Desiderio Desideravi on the liturgical formation of the people of God, Pope Francis's letter to us, what it calls us to in terms of our participation and our celebration of the liturgy of the church. 
Happy Thanksgiving. Tomorrow is Thanksgiving, so yeah. I, I hope it's a wonderful celebration. Yeah, and uh, uh, again, we will see you here next month. We'll talk a little about, about Advent, I'm sure. There you go. God bless, everyone. <laughs> so long. God bless. Bye-bye.